Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. We also always love to hear from our listeners. So if you do have a specific topic or even a guest that you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at podcasts at hci.org. You all, we have loved our series with iSolved and we just really enjoy having them on. So Amy Mosher is on with us today. She's the Chief People Officer at iSolved, but let me tell you a little bit about her history before we dive into that conversation. So first and foremost, she's got over 20 years of global HR experience, and she has contributed to the success of multiple public and private companies across various industries, including, here's the span, software, biotechnology, hardware. For the last decade, she has served as head of human resources with Excel KKR, a SaaS software portfolio company. And in that group of companies, it includes Highwire Press Incorporated, Kana Software Incorporated, and then of course, iSolved as well. And while she's doing this, all the meanwhile, enhancing cultures and building positive employee experiences. Amy, we are so happy and thrilled to have you on with us today. I am thrilled to be here. Thanks so much. We're so excited. So you all, we are going to talk about such a cool topic today. Over the last couple of years, we've definitely been talking about inclusion and belonging and diversity and the importance of that to any organization and building our cultures. But I think what's so interesting about today's conversation is really just reminding our listeners and organizations about the importance, because I know we've been seeing a lot of articles in the media about companies, quote unquote, ditching diversity. So first, before we get into this, Amy, why do you even think this is happening? Why are we hearing these messages now? The employer versus employee centric workforce, it does run in a bit of a trend, right? A bit of a wave here. And it always has been. I think it's been an employee market for a while. I think it's potentially with the change a little bit and the the economy, it's now trending more toward the employer type of market in many instances. You know, the great resignation is potentially becoming now the great stay. And that means I think sometimes that employers feel like they can pull back on some of their employee initiatives, including the diversity initiatives and other employee experience initiatives, because they're just trying to save money. Any company that has debt right now is paying a heck of a lot more in interest than they did before. And that has a huge impact on what they can spend to maintain profitability. And often these things are not thought of as being core to the culture and the growth strategy of their organizations, which I think is actually couldn't be less true. But that does happen in situations like this for certain organizations. I think that's probably why. Well, and it's crazy to me, and you just said it, you know, when we think about employee experience and what organizations have been doing to retain, though it should be just part of our organization naturally, but paying attention to these things has been something that has built into their retention. So it just baffles me that yes, we moved from the great resignation to the great stay, but part of that 
were how we were building employee experience in our culture. And this is certainly part of it. Yeah, absolutely. It couldn't be farther from a nice to have. I you know. know. <laughs> That is so crazy. What should companies be doing? Like, what do you think? I mean, I'm just at a loss for words. (laughs) Well, I feel like belonging and the whole concept of DEINB, but especially the belonging piece, is just central to human nature. So there's never really a walking away from it. It's a part of our DNA as people. And I feel like organizations need to, especially in a situation where profitability is more difficult, they have to retain their best team and great people want to work for companies where they feel that they belong. And there's no way you can get around that. It's core to human belief. So why not take advantage of that and acknowledge it as a business owner and and an individual who's accountable for making these decisions and utilize it to their advantage. I feel like organizations that run the tide like this, that they're skimming the top, right? They're just getting deep enough in to say that they're in they're doing this to a disservice, just in employee retention and productivity by not going in and making it central to their value system as an organization. And honestly, iSolved has done this and it's core to our business strategy. And it's how we differentiate ourselves in the market. And it's been meaningful to our growth strategy. So I know that it works. Right. I've seen it work, not just yeah. here and other organizations. Yeah. Well, yeah, well. you've had experience through this. Yes. So it doesn't make sense to me to go the other direction. Yeah, it's not just a checkbox. This isn't it just isn't. something we're doing just to do. It isn't. But belonging, and I love how you say that because when I think about belonging, I think about connection. And a while back, we had a guest on that his whole focus really to what he does is on the human connection. And belonging is just a natural part of being a part of an organization. Yes. It's a tribal instinct, I think, just for human beings to want to be a part of something. Yeah. A great way to say that. A great way to say that. Yeah. So I'm sure that listeners have heard this, but I think again, in the time that we're in, talk to us about the benefits of having that diverse workforce. Absolutely. Well, first is creativity, right? It's diverse thinking. I feel like as a business leader, when you surround yourself with other people who think differently than you do because of their background or because of where they're coming from, the diversity of that is so valuable to all growing organizations, right? There just is no situation where you're not going to need more ideas. And so I I feel like it's a built-in think tank of things that you wouldn't think of. And that's incredibly valuable. The other piece is the belonging we were just talking about, right? People want to work where they feel that value and that connection to your point. And I feel like there's a lot of benefits to just the ROI of retention. When you make belonging and diversity a core value, it just builds on all the positives I think that are associated with it. Uh, You're more innovative, I think, as an organization. Certainly, you're often leading the pack instead of following the pack because you're thinking about and talking about those new ideas. You're increasing your profitability as an organization. I know that concentration on this type of thing works for that. I could see the ROI. We could prove the ROI in our organization. And you've got greater employee engagement, right? You've got people who are referring other people who are just as focused on diversity and inclusion and belonging and creativity and innovation as you are. 
and that's creating even more retention, right? And you're increasing the value of the organization. You're bringing more and more and more ideas and people into the business that think in that kind of way and have an openness to them in that way. And then I think the last thing is just the right thing to do, right? Like excluding any demographic, whether it's a traditional demographic or it's a non-traditional demographic that you would use to define diversity in your organization. It doesn't matter. You know, it feels like individuals who are open and honest and have, you know, that basis of creativity and innovation should be considered regardless as to any other demographic. So um, creating belonging doesn't mean that we're all the same, but there's a lot of opportunity there for us to influence positive things in just our culture, not necessarily as a business, but as a people that I feel like certainly for myself and as I help our organization and other organizations to build programs around this, that they understand that, you know, they're doing something that not everyone is doing and that is special and it feels good because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, so many things, you know, as you were talking through this earlier before you got to ROI that of course, you know, we talked about earlier that uh, budgets are tight, right? And so we're perhaps paying back a greater interest than we ever have been in organizations. But I was like, yep, but ROI, right? But ROI, this brings it back to ROI. But the other thing that you and I had talked about before we got on this call is that even when you look at your leadership team, you were mentioning to me the diversity of that leadership team and the growth and the leadership of that leadership team. I mean, you could probably talk to your own ROI <laughs> from it, really. <laughs> but I solved believes in this. I mean, this is one of your pillars. It is not just one. It's one of our leading pillars. It's how we've differentiated ourselves in the market. We're now an employer of choice in our space because of this and this cultural attribute that we've kind of adopted. And it's not always about, again, those traditional EDI and B kind of demographics. We really start to think about first about the differentiation of ideas. How can we get more creativity and innovation and more openness and higher trust, you know, around that openness? And that's what creates diversity across our business. You know, we're not necessarily always setting very strict conventional demographic goals from an EDI and B perspective, because our overarching goal is to bring in people who have differentiating ideas. Our executive team is made up of a founder, right? Who's been with the business forever and brand new executives who are, are coming from competitor companies and people coming from private equity and people coming from outside of industry. And, and we love that. We love to talk to them. We bring a lot of our leaders together. We just spent last week with the leaders that report into the executive team as well. And the diversity of that group is really incredible now. You know, after doing all of this work and the creativity and what they're bringing to the table now is accelerating our growth opportunity as an organization infinitely. And we wholeheartedly believe that that is because we're so open to different ideas and that creativity. And that comes from that diversity yeah. angle. Yeah, it's real. It's You're modeling it. I mean, like you said, it's not like to your point, these aren't like check boxes, but this is literally the belief of our organization. And you're watching it just as you said last week, we're watching this happen. Like with our own eyes, we're watching how business is accelerating because of all of these different industries and beliefs coming in. Yes. And that's not just watching. It's also just enabling. It's reinforcing. It's making it okay to bring up something that maybe doesn't work. We're not a hierarchical business. Everyone has access to everyone. And that's really important to us to make sure that those ideas are flowing up and down and sideways 
and we're focused on the concept of unconscious bias, right? Just the education on that is huge for us. And it's not just unconscious bias, again, traditional EDI and B demographics, but it's also unconscious bias of ideas and strategies, right? The I solved way should be whatever way is the best way. It doesn't have to be the way it was or is or you know, what we've defined even it should be going forward. If there's a better way to do it, we should do it the best way. I love that. You're creating that dynamic to be able to make that happen. Yes. And it takes a lot of work, right? It's not something that happens overnight. And especially as you're growing really fast, you know, you've got to maintain that connection and that lesson and teach it over and over and over and make it okay over and over and over. So when I think about then who is ultimately responsible for what I would call a diverse and equitable workplace. Is it everyone? Yes, it's everyone. It's That's everyone at I, every I level. Mean, from bottom to top, top to bottom, in to out. Like you just said, we are consistently supporting, enabling, providing, watching, you know, creating this opportunity. So it does seem that it's probably in the blood of the employees. But yeah, what's your thoughts on that? You're absolutely right. I mean, it has to be everybody. I think it just becomes a part of your culture. If you're really doing it right and you're really leveraging it, for us, it's a game changer. It's also then the recycling of the business impact. It's helping everyone to know, you know, that this is happening because of these types of initiatives and this type of focus, because you're always teaching someone something new, right? And something different that they maybe haven't seen before. You're also hiring people who are open to it, to be honest. You're focusing on that in your behavioral interview process to make sure that you're hiring people with diverse ideas, but that will also be open to diverse ideas. And everyone's on their own personal journey with that. But our focus on hiring the best is that. That's one of the criteria to be the best, right? It's not just your skill set or where you're coming from. It's also your ability to be a part of this culturally and to enable it and influence it culturally. So that doesn't go away with us or it doesn't go away on our watch. We don't take our foot off the gas. We need everyone to be an advocate. I don't create the culture at this business. I just enable the culture. Right. And it's just kind of how you walk and talk and breathe and just yep. kind it's of It's a language all in its own. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. I love that. So what are your thoughts then? Because we've kind of hit both sides of thinking, you know, traditional versus it's who we are. It's our fabric of life at iSolved. And just naturally we are enabling and supporting and creating and growing and all of those pieces. But then there's also the goal side. So what do you think? Is it still important to maintain and have set goals or what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I feel like it's really difficult to be able to say that you move the needle if you don't know where you're going, what the needle is and where you're going, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. we try to think of diversity as a part of our critical thinking process. And so our progress against our business goals are impacted by the diversity of our ideas. So we maintain that our success in diversity is attached to our financial goals and our gross goals as an organization. And by connecting those, you're really taking all the guesswork out of whether or not there's any ROI in EDIB because they're, everything you do is connected to it. So, And it also solidifies just our connection to the business for every single one of us and our ability to each of us move the needle as well. The whole win is one concept is a really big one that also speaks to the belonging piece of that. 
And we use that language every day. We put it in our goals. We hold ourselves accountable for it. And it becomes a part of our values. And our values influence our goals. Our goals influence our values. So it's a bit reciprocal there. But I think it's really important to have goals, business goals, but to connect your beliefs on how you are going to go about achieving those goals. That's also important. I think that's a misstep for some companies. They just think this is what we need to get done, but they don't think about how they're going to do it. And they don't reinforce how they're going to do it. So does that become part of the conversation? And where does that come from then? Is it like instances like you would have gotten everybody together? Is that an opportunity that you're talking about the how? Or how does the how get talked about? Yeah, yeah. So it becomes organic to us as an executive team. And certainly throughout the business, it's now organic. But you do have to push the traditional, you know, this is what we need to get done this year. Okay, but how are we going to get it done? How are we going to operate as a business as people within a business, what factors do we bring to the table? How do we fully package this? And that translates for us into that diversity piece, but it doesn't have to always, right? Like you can say, I'm going to do this in this way, right? But we found for us that we can move the needle, we can grow faster by leveraging the culture of our organization in this way. And so now that that's proven for us, it's much easier to get people on the bus. It's much easier to have the conversation, okay, this is what we need to get done. Okay, this is how we're going to get it done. But you're also holding individuals accountable along the way for when they don't operate in that way as well and making it okay for everyone to call it out and say, hey, you know, this is contrary to the way that we operate and making it okay and very healthy to have that conversation as well, right? That transparency is really important. And we found through transparency and having to have difficult discussions and things like that or what some people or organizations would refer to as difficult discussions. For us, it's more organic now. But just by going through that process of not being afraid, we've gained a significant amount of management trust, which has just further allowed us to accelerate. Yeah, I mean, it all works together. (laughs) It It really does. Yes. Like, I think that to your point, I to know that you're in an organization, we'd rather you, here's the tools to have the discussion. We'd rather you have this discussion. And that connects back to your point. I'd rather get it off my chest. I'd rather have be transparent and get it off my chest. And the other piece of that, I may not be always right. You know, I mean, I think that's fair as well. (laughs) I'm also learning, right? So when I think one way and I'm in conflict over it, and then I have a conversation and knowing I'm in an environment that I can say, oh, yeah, I see your point. I see your point. And being able to move on, the antithesis of that, right, that takes you towards your goals. The opposite of that is holding that in. And then you have grudges and, you know, all of that stuff that can happen in an organization that starts to splinter. Exactly. And having a focus on no ego, right? A focus on less bureaucracy, more trust, straightforward conversation, all of that feeds into that as well, especially that belonging process. Yeah, that's so good. Well, we're talking, I brought up talking about employees and I'm sure that you've got some thoughts just from being a part of iSolved or the companies that you've been a part of, but what are your thoughts about companies supporting their employees when we talk about this idea of belonging? There's so many benefits to that diverse workforce. And part of that, obviously, is that belonging, the connection, and how that helps us with business growth. But what do you think companies can do to help support their employees to really capture or cultivate that sense of belonging? 
well, there's a thousand different things that you can do <laughs> to cultivate that. There's a few things here. I think making it okay for the employees to own their own DEI and B efforts, for example, I think that's really incredible. By focusing on efforts that are important to your organization instead of those that check a box for you, I think also really important. Making it okay to have those type of employee or volunteer-led groups and just being a support to that. I think belonging means that you, you know, you're creating a sense of belonging for everyone and not everyone is going to be into everything. And allowing for that concept to hold true in your organization, I think is really powerful. Belonging can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but let it mean what it means to them. The worst thing you can do, I think, is force people into different groups, right? Like that's the opposite. So I think being supportive of that, not just supportive, but just overtly supportive, you know, and saying, look, I, no, we really mean this. Like we've set aside budget. We've made it okay. You know, here's your enablement materials. You know, here's who's going to support you within the organization. You know, if you need anything, no, no, we really want to have these conversations with you and making it okay over and over and over. I think that's really incredible. I think adopting language is incredibly valuable and important to an organization when they're creating that sense of belonging. Education around what belonging means for the organization and what it might mean to them, and then reinforcing that on a regular basis. But we use just the term belonging a lot and reinforce that a lot across the business and do a lot of education there because there's still a lot of perception about what DEIMB is. And we're kind of changing that perception a little bit. And that education goes a long way as well. So more employees and understand that they can belong and that it's important that it's important to the organization and the people that run the organization and the people that work in the organization that they can feel that sense of belonging, I think is how you support them best. Love that. Well, and what a great list for organizations that are perhaps thinking, you know, gosh, we are losing dollars, but some of this are things we can do to reinforce or to connect or the language we're using, all of those pieces. It doesn't cost a single cent to do those things. Agreed. So is- There's a lot of non-monetary pieces here. It's just, it's getting people together and talking about it, right? That doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And the support, right? And it's like you said, in just, you know, from top down, bottom up, whichever direction you want to go, you know, having people on board, you know, just having people on board for it. What are you all doing? What are you all doing with your DEI and B efforts? Share with us. Share with well, us. Yeah, right now we've got a couple special initiatives that we're working through, and this is all, again, employee-led. We, of course, as an organization, as iSolved, we put out a Benchmark Insights report every year. We've just put out a new one. Take a look at it. Go to the iSolvedHCM.com website and grab it. We've got some really interesting EDIMB efforts that we survey our customers. We've got access to hundreds of thousands of people there that can provide their insights on what their HR teams are doing and what their companies are doing. So I encourage you to do that. We utilize our own software for everything. We drink our own champagne here at iSolve. So we are utilizing Share and Perform, which is a part of our platform where employees can engage with each other. I think of it like Facebook for HCM. All of our birth dates are in there. We can create groups in there. We also utilize it as our intranet. So everything is in there. It's also our knowledge base. So a great place for our employees to network. And then we've got 
a few things that are kind of exciting. So we were just featured on Lifetime on our Honor and Service Employee Resource Group was featured there in a military spouse and veteran colleagues that work for iSolved were on that show. And so that's also, you can find that on our website as well, which was really fun. But bringing more education, I think, to belonging to our EDIMB efforts is really what we're trying to do right now as we grow and we get so many more employees on board. And so we've got so many new ideas. And so I would expect that we'll have some new EDI and ERG groups surfacing here very shortly as well. And we welcome that. So anytime we can get people together that feel like they're creating a community, you know, we're all a part of the iSolve community, but create a niche of that for themselves. And that's what we're going to support. So it's ever changing. I love that. Well, I'll tell you, I've learned just over my time of doing my podcast, we talk about veterans and I am a sucker for hosting a yard sale. I love doing them. It takes so much time. And every time I'm doing it, I'm like, really, Cindy, again? (laughs) But anywho, there was a gentleman there and he had just returned from overseas as a vet. And we engaged in a conversation and he was sharing with me pictures and where he lived and He was protecting the shoreline, I think. And so speaking of belonging, right, I was just thinking post that time, I was just thinking about how lonely that could be, right? And I think we experience that with a lot of folks who've served and have come back. Like you walk into a yard sale, nobody there, unless they've been through that experience, can understand what you've been through. So like that connection, that reaching out and taking a moment to really connect. Like, I feel like I've learned that through my podcast, right? Like just learning more about just being human. Agreed. (laughs) He was so excited to share with us, all of us, everybody that was at the yards, so excited to share with, well, excited may not be the right word, but just wanted us to be part of his world, right? Because he was so isolated now that he was back in little old Ohio, So I commend that you all do that and that you've got folks that were awarded for the work that they've done. So that's amazing. As a Marine Corps about myself, I really feel like more could have been done for my father as he retired as a career Marine. So if I have the opportunity to help in any way, I will do that. That's awesome. Well, I'm learning. Like, I get it. So thank you. Okay. So we've talked about I solved and what you all are doing and how we can certainly share with other companies, you know, some best practices as well. If you think about those folks who are utilizing your technology, how, what we're talking about today, how are we supporting those employers who are also on your platform with kind of continuing this? Yeah. Well, to be honest with all of our software and all of our services, <laughs> so in addition to, you know, the benchmark insights, I talked about that earlier, the share and perform, we've got attract and hire, which I think we're doing a terrific job of creating opportunities for extending an education around biases that are created throughout the talent acquisition process. By helping this. Absolutely. And eliminating those situations where we feel we can and help them with that. And then the other piece is HR services. It's something that not everyone knows about ISOLs. We have this incredible group of people that are HR experts that help our clients when they need them. We even perform audits of our customers' EDIMB practices and efforts and help to provide them with that strategic roadmap that will help them improve. So, you know, not only that, we have a team that will do your WOTC reporting for you. So 
that's also something that's really, really cool and helpful and can help to kind of move you as an organization in that direction to support that. So a lot of areas there that we can help them. Well, you mentioned, and forgive me if I'm naive about this, but is there a team at ISOLVE that's working with those who are on the platform that are focused in on this particular area? If one of your customers says, hey, we need help with DEI and B, then do you guys have a go-to team that does yes. it? Or like are all of the, you do? Yeah, we wow. do. We, okay. we do for a lot of disciplines within human resources. Exactly. I figured you did. Yep. I figured yeah. you did. And okay. It's easy enough just to give us a ring and contact your account manager and say, hey, I need to make our services in this area. Help. This area. Okay. We can help with all that. Right. Absolutely. That's really helpful. And I figured you had quite a diverse group of folks that can channel any issue, but I was just curious since that's the conversation today. So I guess to wind us down here, what a great conversation, you know, what's going on around us today? You know, what are the things we can do? We talked about macro, we talked micro, we talked things that aren't going to cost our organizations a penny. We talked about opportunities where they might be able to hook up with you all to help with some of those HR services or pinpoint or target or audit, any of those things. What do you think is the future of DEI and B? What is that going to look like in organizations given the landscape that we're in? Well, you know, just like employee experience, the companies that invest in EDI and B efforts are going to foster a more equitable workplace. And I think the world is really focused on equality and our ability to be fair, I think, overall and if they can do that and apply it to recruiting and retaining their top talent, it is really what's going to move the needle for the business. And if they associate things like this with moving the needle, it will continue to grow and develop and create better equity across the world, to be honest. And it's not a bad thing. I think the future looks a lot like it does today, but even more diverse, more creative, moving faster. There's so many different reasons why this is one of the things that organizations can focus on to continue in that trajectory. And those that do, I think we'll see the ROI there. So, um, and it's just the right thing to do also. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple, it is, it is the right thing to do and it needs to stick. Yes. It needs to stick. It will. I think it will. It will where it's important. Okay, I'm going to channel that. I'm channeling that. (laughs) I am changing. Positive affirmation. (laughs) Yes, put it out to the universe, manifest. Yep, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. No, I mean, I think you and I, and I know your team at iSolve, I think we are all on the same page. And HCI, you know, we're on the same page too. And we believe that wholeheartedly. And so, yes, we are going to continue to... (laughs) stay positive and keep educating and keep coaching and supporting and enabling and helping with the how, which is a big piece, as you mentioned earlier. Well, Amy, thank you so much. This is just such a great addition to the I Solved amazing folks that we've had a chance to interview here on Nine to Thrive. So thank you for being a part of that group. It is my honor. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we've just loved having you. Anything else before we hop off from your side? I would just encourage anybody that's listening to this podcast, hopefully has an eye on what EDIMB can do or what they want to do. And so just start something, even something small, if it impacts one person, one part of the organization, it's more than what you had influenced previously. So just start small and climb up that hill because it's really worth it. Yep. 
I love that. Well, that's a great way for us to get into our outro here. So nine to thrive listeners, just a reminder, if you do have another great suggestion like Amy, uh, send us an email at podcast at hci.org. Also be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening, for example, on Apple podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent minded people discover our program. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we certainly appreciate you for tuning in. Make it a great day, everyone.